Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Big Sister Podcast. My name is Marissa, your big sister friend and host, here to chat with you about life, society, culture, and of course, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, whom we love and adore. If you don't believe in God, just bear with me. Listen to the rest of this episode. Ultimately, I mean, I'm not going to know if you do pause this podcast or never listen to it again, but I challenge you, hear me out. Maybe, just maybe, you can get something out of this, even if you don't necessarily believe. Anyways, my name is Marissa, and let's get into it. So today we are talking about post-Easter. It's been one week since Easter, and I want to do a little check-in with both the believers and the unbelievers. I want to do a check-in with the ones who went to church, or you served you served at church in some capacity during Easter weekend. Before we dive in, allow me to give you some context. Easter is the biggest Sunday of the year for churches. Christmas is a close second. Consider Easter the Super Bowl, but for Christians. Easter is our day. All right, all our day. All the people come out of the woodworks to attend church on Easter as their one good deed of the year. They're like, man, I'm going to get into heaven because I went that one Sunday in 2009. And if you're a minister or you work at a church, you know that this day we go hard. Most healthy churches have a desire for people to leave inspired, changed, and joyful. Other churches, they just want numbers on their Easter Sunday. Easter is that day where we preach about the gospel We preach about how the Lord resurrected, which is very important to mention and highlight on Easter Sunday. But a part of me also wonders, how do we share that gospel message with the ones who have heard the gospel, but necessarily, they don't necessarily go to church every Sunday. They believe in God. How do we get them to truly believe in God where they just have this burning desire, this burning commitment to the Lord, where they're just deeply in love with the Lord, where they just feel like I have, I need to go to church weekly. So you get the picture. Easter Sunday is the Sunday where people who don't go to church, go to church. The people who rarely go to church, go to church. The people who feel like they need to go to church, go to church. Easter Sunday is the Sunday, is the Sunday where people go to church. It's the Sunday where people are like, oh yeah, it's Sunday. People go to church on Sunday, I guess. I guess we'll go since I guess God got up, apparently. But then there's people who work at a church, and so their Easter is a little bit different. Um, then there's people who serve at a church. They don't necessarily work there, but they serve at a church. And for the ones serving at a church, it's your Sunday that you know the church needs hands to help. They need all hands on deck because they're going to have more people than usual. You want to be a part in somehow serving the church and serving the people. Well, I say thank you. I say shout out to you for serving, for not getting paid, for volunteering, and being a servant of the Lord. Then there's the unbelievers and the backsliders who once went to church and decided to go back because it's Easter Sunday. By the end of it, by the end of Easter Sunday, you either leave the same or you leave having an encounter with Jesus. 
What does Easter mean to you? Are you one of the people I described? Or are you an outlier from one of the people I mentioned? If you're an outlier, guess what? I am still talking to you. Adam and Eve, the first humans of the world, sinned by eating the forbidden fruit that God specifically told them not to eat from. By eating from that fruit, they were given the knowledge of good and evil, and the rest of the world was cursed by their act of disobedience. Easter is the celebration of the death and specifically the resurrection of Jesus Christ, whom was born of the Virgin Mary, lived a perfect, sinless, blameless, and righteous life. He died for our sins, and by doing that, we were granted access to the Heavenly Father to have relationship with Him. Now, if you're just hearing that for the first time, or if you're hearing that and you don't believe, I understand that the gospel without context or experience can sound crazy. This woman was a virgin and she had a baby, but it was the Messiah and he lived a perfect, sinless, blameless life. And then he did miracles and he preached and then he died and then he resurrected. I know it sounds crazy. And it's true. And I know, Marissa, you're biased. Of course you think it's true. You're a Christian. You're in ministry school. You want to be a minister. Of course you believe in it. Hear me. I did not originally want to be a minister. I did not want to do this. But it is the best decision I have ever made in my life. It's the only thing I now can imagine doing. Not because I'm brainwashed. Not because I'm crazy. Not because I just, that the Christians really got to me. No, because I had an encounter. And the God that I serve, the God that I live for is real. He's real. He's real. He proved himself time and time again from the Old Testament to the New Testament. We have historical proof and evidence that these biblical stories are not just stories. They are retelling reality, things that actually happened. And again, we have historical proof of these things happening. We have artifacts. No, Most people won't say that Jesus didn't exist. People just question whether he was actually Messiah and if he did the things that the Bible said he did. I've given you a general explanation and summary of everything. And the purpose of this episode is not to prove the gospel, prove that Jesus existed. Although I would love to do that and I do plan on doing that one week. And if you're an unbeliever or agnostic, tell me and I would love to either have a conversation with you, hear your story, um, and maybe do an episode where I'm proving the existence of Jesus Christ. Um, but our conversation, if we meet personally, does not have to be about that. Anyways, I've given you a brief explanation of everything. And it's been, it's been how long since Easter? It's been 10 days since Easter. 10 days. 10 days ago, people were filling up churches. Some were lifting their hands to God. Others were rededicating their life or getting saved for the very first time. Others didn't enter church. They didn't go to church at all. Eight out of ten Americans celebrate Easter. Americans spend 
6.58 billion on Easter food in 2022. So most likely we can probably assume that it only went up this year. Especially with inflation. 90% of U.S. consumers plan to include chocolate and candy in their Easter basket. Roughly 63% of Americans are Christian. And the most, the most popular church days are 1. Easter, 2. Christmas, 3. Palm Sunday, and 4. Mother's Day. Which I just find it interesting that Mother's Day is like all the mothers are like telling everyone, hey, like my children go to church. It's Mother's Day. That's just interesting that Mother's Day is fourth. Like, ah, it's Mother's Day. Let's go to church. That's that's interesting. Anyways, so 81% of Americans plan to celebrate Easter. Plan to celebrate Easter. But we don't know if that actually includes Jesus or not. Or is that just an egg hunt? And the thing is, they say plan. That doesn't mean they actually do it. 43% of Americans actually plan to attend church on an Easter Sunday. Earlier, I mentioned that roughly 63% of Americans are Christian. 63, that's that's not that high. And I believe these statistics are from 2022, so it's probably gone down. We're looking at these percentages. And I'm giving you these statistics to help you realize that people aren't going to church. I know your church is probably big or you've seen big churches or every time you drive and turn a corner, there's a church. Um, I know that your church is filled with people. I'm sure people attend, but think about how many people aren't in church for these statistics to be what they are. People are watching church in their bed on their screen. And I'm not saying that going to a physical building doesn't make you a follower of God. I'm saying that God wants us in church. He wants us in the public and the private worshiping him. He wants us sacrificing our time and sleep to go worship him. Why? He loves us. He died for us so that we, he could have relationship with us. And if we live life accepting his death and resurrection, but not for the purpose of having relationship, we're kind of missing the mark. The least that we could do is take some time on a Wednesday and a Sunday to go to his church and proclaim his name. But if you're thinking, Marissa, the church isn't just a building. Why do I need to go to church? Okay, you are correct in stating that the church isn't just a build building. In actuality, the scriptures help us understand and identify that the church is a body. The body of Christ is the church. The church is a symbolic representation of us as Jesus' bride. And if the church is the body of Christ, and our physical bodies are a temple, and we're meant to worship him, there's something beautiful in that. Our body is a temple. The church is the body of Christ. A temple is also a church, that, which is just a really, really cool connection. We are physical representation of God's church, also known as Jesus's bride. And the temple, the purpose of the temple is it's a place of worship. 
where his people come together and worship and dwell in his presence. All that to say, we need to have the desire to be in God's church. We also need to have the desire to bring people outside of the church into into God's church. What are we talking about? If I'm rambling and if you're not getting the point, allow me to break it down in two points. One, we need to be in God's building beyond just Easter. Two, we need to be getting people in God's building and saved beyond just Easter. How do we do that? Discipleship. Discipleship begins in the church with a biblical community. And it is necessary to have a church body to do that with. Christianity is not a life that you are meant to walk alone. Even if you are married, you need people on your side beyond just your family that is rooting for you and praying for you. You need people that are going to intercede on your behalf, pray on your behalf. You need people that are going to remind you to go to church even when you don't want to or even when you're too busy to. There are people you need to come in contact with in the church building because you can either learn from them or they can learn from you. Don't forget that you don't go to church just to receive, but also to help others, to teach others, to be a representation to others. Maybe they can receive from you. You are a leader. People look up to you. They're inspired by you. They watch you and you can have a positive impact on someone in their relationship with God. There's a reason that Jesus had a community following him when he delivered the gospel message, when he was preaching or doing miracles. He had people following him. One, it's witnesses. People are seeing what he's doing, that he is truly Messiah. But also they learn from him because It's not good for man to be alone. Scripture is showing us that even God had community. And God is community. He does not need anyone, but he desires it. Because when you you are love, you want to love as much as you can. God is love and creates for the purpose to love his creation. But he's not going to force his creation to love him back. So people can choose, hey, am I going to follow Jesus or not? And when they do, when they truly commit to him and they just say, they say Lord, I want to love you back. Jesus loves that. It's relationship. It's not good for man to be alone. And that doesn't apply just to marriage or relationship. It applies to biblical community. That's why small groups have become very popular in the modern day church. I will admit small groups, I, I don't love the concept. I, I understand why it's a thing. And in a general sense, I like it. I think small groups, when done right, can be a life-giving community that you can grow with. It also helps you find other people in the church that you can become friends with. I could go on and on about why you need to be in church, about why you need to have community. And believe me, I I could if I would. 
what what I'm saying is that attending church needs beyond needs to be beyond just going once a month or once a year when it's Easter or twice a year because Christmas. I challenge you to attend weekly, not every other week, not when you feel like it, but attend because you love God. Honor him with your attendance. Number two, do we care about people beyond just Easter Sunday? All of my ministers or acquiring ministry leaders, are you just serving on Sundays and Wednesdays? Or do you serve outside of those days? I'm, I'm not trying to belittle the days that you do serve. I'm not trying to belittle the things that you do. I, I, we appreciate it. I commend you for serving. That is not something that should go overlooked or ignored. You are being the hands and feet of Jesus. But it is easy to allow serving to become another job or another thing on the to-do list as a way to attempt um as a as an attempt to prove your christianity or belief in god i'm not saying you shouldn't serve you should jesus's whole life was serving and serving requires humility so i i want to thank you for being humble but let's make sure our heart is in the right place Serving in church builds discipline and endurance, and it's also a great way to minister. So if you attend a church, I challenge challenge you, go, go serve, sign up for something. What are you good at? And make sure that your heart is in the right motive. But we should also be quick to serve outside of the church when we are living life, when we are at our jobs. People need Jesus. People need Jesus and they don't have him. How can we get Jesus to them when they're not likely to enter a church building on a Sunday? We just read the statistics. Not everyone is a planning to attend church. There's this part of me that would love to hold an event on an Easter Sunday specifically for unbelievers and we go to them. We go to the ones who won't enter a church building, but it's important that we do that even when it's not just a holiday. We need to be quick to pray for the ones who need a miracle, who really need prayer. We need to be quick to pray for the homeless, the poor, and the weak. We need to be quick to pray for the drug addicts to find a church home. We need communities, ministries, and people willing to do that. And I'm not saying it's easy. Pushing yourself to serve and pray for someone while you're just living life and minding your business is hard. It's hard. I love evangelizing I love people, I have a heart of evangelism, but bruh, sometimes, most of the time, I'm not even gonna lie, I'm like, leave me alone, I just wanna mind my business, why, why more, why, why can't I just live my life, um, (laughs) you're welcome, I'm sure you enjoyed that, anyways, (laughs) um, 
but it's worth it. It's rewarding and it's for Jesus. And we have to care for people outside of Easter Sunday. We have to care for people outside of them just attending our church. We need to give money to outreach ministries, go on mission trips. And if you can't do any of that, then all right, just start praying. Pray that it happens. Pray it happens at your church. Pray it happens at other churches. Other churches. Pray for strangers you see on the street. And if you're too scared to walk up to them, pray for boldness. Lord, give me a spirit of boldness to be able to approach anyone on the street, anyone in a building that you are pointing me to deliver the gospel to. Lord, give me a hedge of protection. May nothing, no weapon come to to harm me. May there be a hedge of protection from from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. Let's pray things like that. May the Lord be with me as I'm ministering and evangelizing. And if you're too nervous to go up and talk to that person, until you get that boldness, you can still pray for them without walking up to them. You could say, Lord, that person that I see on the street that obviously needs money, that homeless man, Lord, right now in the name of Jesus, may you give him some money. Lord, may you help him with his financial situation. May he come to know you. May he lean on you. May he pray um, to you and may you provide for him in the name of Jesus. Be so bold in your prayer that you're praying for strangers that you passed on the street. One thing I really like to do when I see a car accident, pray. When you see a fire, pray, Lord, protect that family, protect those people. And that's not something I just do naturally. I saw my mom doing it growing up and now I've adopted it. And I recommend that you guys adopt that too. Just be quick to pray. That's the Bible instruct us to do that, to be quick to pray, not to worry about anything, but pray about everything. Keep praying. And when you're alone with God, continue to pray. Intercede on people's behalf. God desires us to do that for people. It's a form of love. If you allow yourself, you'll see God speak to you and challenge you to start a conversation with a stranger and to mention his name. In short, before we close, I know I talked really fast. (laughs) I talked really fast. I apologize. But in short, do we care about people beyond just Easter Sunday? Are we willing to serve outside of those days through the form of evangelism and getting people inside the church besides just on an Easter Sunday? And the other point, are we willing to be in church daily, weekly? Every week, every Sunday and Wednesday, and make it a priority because we love the Lord. Are we willing to build relationship and discipleship with the people around us in our church? That's what God desires for us. And if you need proof, if you need scripture, if you need all the evidence, I would gladly like to provide it for you because I know um, this could have used a lot of more scripture, but I promise you. to, I actually, I'm not going to promise you anything. I challenge you to find it yourself. Find it yourself. Open up your Bible and see that community is just biblical. It's all over. And it's so beautiful. 
All right, I am tired. Okay, that maybe that's why I was talking a little fast. Um, I'm super tired. Um, but I really appreciate everyone listening. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you for hanging in there with all my episodes when they're delayed. Okay, she's a busy girl. I'm a busy girl, but I really love doing this. And uh, yeah, as always, um, follow the Big Sister Podcast with uh two T's. So the Big Big Sister Podcast with two T's, or you can follow my main. The Marissa Janae, that's one R, two S's, and then Janae, J-A-N-A-E. It's funny because everyone always says my middle name wrong, which is Janae. Um, actually, that's not my Instagram anymore. <gasps> Gasp. That's not my Instagram anymore. I changed the username. It's okay. You don't have to follow me. I'm pretty sure I always put the Instagrams in the show notes. So if you want to go follow the socials, those will be in the show notes. Um, I don't think... I don't think um, Nathaniel a lot, but he's the one who makes this music, all right? The intro and outro, he made that, and now I, I've been using it for a while now, and I really appreciate the fact that he, he let me use his beats. Um, so, yeah, Nathaniel Alfaro, his his credits are always in the show notes as well, but um, I just want to publicly recognize him and say thank you. All right. Guys, have a great rest rest of your week. Be safe. Read your Bibles. Um, You're welcome to DM me on Instagram. And I'd love to talk and chat with you. Oh, leave a review. That really helps me out. Okay, I think I'm done plugging myself. Um, Thanks for bearing with me. And I shall talk to you guys real, real soon. Okay, bye.